0: Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show.
1: Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle. We're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. And we are joined today by a, another fellow podcaster, Matt Franklin with the Rogue Retirement Lounge. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeremy. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. We got connected through the, the podcasting community and I thought you had a, a great story, a great way that you go about educating your listeners about retirement and thought I'd have you on. So I'm so glad you're able to, uh, able to join us.
2: Well, I'm psyched to be here because not only am I a podcaster myself, but I am a fan of this podcast. So this is—I'm—I'm uh, I'm a regular listener. So I'm
1: excited to be here. Yeah, I was so excited about that. I reached out to you and said, "Well, you probably don't know who I am." And you wrote back and said, "I've listened to a few of your podcasts." So this is fun, and now we're even. I've listened to a few of your podcasts.
2: <laughs> oh, good. I hope I hope they were I hope they were okay. And also, I, I've poached guests from your podcast as well. So you've been very helpful for me. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, good. Well, uh, let's get everyone acquainted with your story. Uh, There's so many different interesting parts about it. But uh, let's just start with where you used to be someone that was traditionally invested. And I'll tell you that a lot of our clients and a lot of ways that we uh, talk about retirement is more of what you would call traditional investing. But then you've made a couple pivots since then. Tell us a little bit about that, how maybe you're investing things right now
2: yeah well i i was very traditional i had uh, my little iras my seps and i'm self-employed uh and have been for 15 years so I was putting money into my IRAs and then through my E-Trade account was buying stocks, buying and doing what what a lot of the gurus say you shouldn't do, which I kind of don't disagree with, which is buying individual stocks. Some people say, you can't time the market, you shouldn't buy individual stocks. Let Morningstar or or Fidelity build a mutual fund or an ETF so that you can just let them do the thinking for you. But but I was buying and, and selling stocks in my IRAs and then about maybe four or five years ago, i started doing research on real estate because a buddy of mine bought a bought a duplex and i thought that's an interesting way to make money and then in about maybe 2018 i think it was i believed that we were in a terrible stock bubble i thought the end is near where and i you know my i was on fire i was, started selling all my stocks and putting money into real estate. And then, then within maybe two years, I was completely out of the stock market and was totally in uh, real estate that either that I owned or through real estate syndications. And that kind of led me to where I am today, which is being obsessed with trying to optimize my retirement and trying to optimize my, my IRA holdings to hopefully, retire as soon as possible, and have consistent long-term recurring revenue from my investments.
1: Yeah, well, that's great. And I love the idea that we're bringing someone on that's got perhaps a different perspective than I've presented. Normally, it's going to be well-rounded and hope everyone's enjoying uh, that part of it. And also, too, you had a little bit, you mentioned four or five years ago how your life changed, how you viewed investing. But a few years just before that, you had an interesting life-changing experience when you appeared on Shark Tank. Now, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> not too many people get to do that. What was what was that like?
2: Oh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was frightening. I, 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 Jeremy, have you ever skydived or skydove? I have not. I got a feeling I never will. Okay. Well, when you go skydiving, at least for me, uh, I, 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 I've done it thirteen times, and when I was young and and had very little fear. But what, skydiving is a mixture of terror, of absolute like cringeworthy terror and adrenaline. And that's what being on Shark Tank was kind of like, because it was so frightening. We had, it it was about a two year process for us to get on there. And so that just the build up and watching every episode and and doing rehearsals, and it, it, it just made it so that it was just such a huge event um the fear factor was amazing and then take and then you add into that that my partner and I were a little bit hungover you add to that the fact that we're terrible business people you you mix all that together and it was it was a terrifying experience
1: well you had a good idea good enough idea to get on there and i think you made some money <laughs> yeah. off of it how how did it work yeah, out yeah we
2: it, it it actually worked out quite well and uh, stupidly well at first. So the first year after the show, a lot of money came in, um, and yeah. So, but with that money and 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 I and when I tell people that a lot of money came in, I definitely don't say that to brag because it wasn't like life changing, like millions of dollars. But but it was enough that it was like crazy to me, and and I had a bank account balance that I had never seen before. And then what i went ahead and did is i went to europe like every every year i i would go to either yeah i was going to europe every year and spending uh, gobs of money on travel and stupid stuff like just uh, incredibly stupid stuff and and that irresponsibility that i demonstrated i've it it hit home right around that time when i was learning about real estate and i realized wait a minute i'm never going to be able to retire I got to do something. I just spent a whole bunch of money that I should have invested. And so it was a, it was a really good lesson because a lot of money came in, but a lot of money
1: went out. Yep. Yeah. well, it's amazing, it's interesting. There's actually a lady, she calls it the Sudden Money Institute, where it's different if you earn your money steadily over time but there just might be a situation like yours uh, going on Shark Tank and having a, a big payday with the, the revenue that was coming in from your product there, or somebody wins a lottery or inheritance. And it's a, just a different feeling, a different approach. It seems like you just lived it exactly how she would describe, where when it just comes in almost all at once, it's a different experience than when it's built up over time. And now you're doing that. You're building it up over time by going out with the different real estate ventures that you have on there. So that's that's awesome. Thanks yep. for for sharing that. Uh, it, do yeah. you care to share the company? Are you still associated with that at all? Oh, oh
2: yeah. It's 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 it's. I mean, it's going to be gone soon. It's called the the product is called Posture. Now it's really stupid. It's a posture correction device. I mean, it does work, and it, it's we've sold uh, tens of. I mean, how many thousands? I think last time we checked, I think we sold like seventy thousand units. So it's it's helped a lot of people but it's stupidly simple i mean it, we we literally designed it us- using we we met in in chicago my business partners from new york we we just I, and i'm from portland so we met in chicago drank a bunch of beers had elastic and velcro and invented this goofy posture corrector over the course of a weekend um so yeah, it, it still exists. Supply chain issues are probably going to make it so that it's not going to be worth it to keep going, but, but yeah, we still sell them every day and they're every once in a while, like we re aired on CNBC, our episode re aired a couple of weeks ago and all of a sudden my email box was just pounding full of uh, orders. So, so yeah, it's, it's still kind of a thing, but probably won't be for much longer.
1: Well, it's helping people out and someone had to think of it at the time. Good thing it was you. That's, <laughs> that's right. Yep, awesome. Well, let's talk more about real estate investing and you're a fellow podcaster, you talk about retirement and money. I imagine you're getting emails <laughs> and pitches all the time of, hey, let me on your show. Let me tell you about this real estate thing or whatever investment. And I ignore 95% of them, probably more than 95% of them. And what I what, love having you coming on here is that you're a real estate investor. You're using your own money to go about learning the, the market. And you're not trying to pitch anything uh to us like buy this product or invest with you at all so we get like on the ground level of here's somebody that's interested in and how they got into it and and things like that you talked about you got interested looking more for the cash flow getting out of the stock market but tell me what, what do you like about investing in real estate
2: well the the number one thing about real estate is something that my dad told me when i was a kid which it wasn't an original thought but he told me this when i was a kid and i didn't I didn't really realize it, or I didn't absorb it until recently. And that was that they're not making any more land. Okay. and the, So the finite nature, I mean, yes, you, I mean, you can buy shares of stock. And yes, they might be finite. But you know, you can you can do splits and you can do buybacks and 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 you or you can issue more stock. I mean, land there there, it literally is a finite resource. And so therefore, it is my opinion that it has to continue to appreciate there's no way that it can't, the population is growing. And so just on a very fundamental level, that's why I love real estate is just that finite nature of it.
1: Well, it makes a lot of sense, I hear that all the time too. I- exactly that, they're not making any more land, and that's what gets people interested in real estate. And I imagine you started out, like you said, your buddy uh, started with a duplex, I imagine maybe you did yourself. What are some things that you, you don't like about real estate? Oh,
2: okay, there's no, there's no perfect in- investment, and real estate is definitely not perfect. I had a bad tenant in a house I have in Detroit, Michigan. I, uh, and he trashed the place when he moved out. And he didn't pay his last two months of rent. Well, that course. is is a terrible feeling. And that kind of, because I had had pretty good luck in the first few years, that kind of set me, uh, f- took me for a, a loop kind of because, like, wait a minute. If I'm going to be depending on the cash flow from rentals and a renter decides not to pay or if we have another pandemic and somehow a tenant decides that it's optional to pay and I can't get them out of the house, what am I going to do? So that, I mean, there are lots of things that you can do. A, you can have lots of reserves on hand, which I do. And I recommend, I definitely recommend that if you do buy single family homes, that you have at least five or $10,000 in reserve for each of those homes. Um, but but yeah so that's one thing that i don't like is the fact that it's not guaranteed income okay there are guaranteed income investments as you well know you can buy annuities and the like that are quote-unquote guaranteed income and rental income is not guaranteed income so so that's really what i don't like about owning real estate under your own name where you are essentially the landlord is just that that lack of of a guarantee if you will and then of course, the expenses that go with having bad tenants and the expenses that come with every house ha- is gonna end up having some kind of problem. Whether it's replacing the roof, whether it's replacing the furnace, there are going to be
1: expenses at some point And that's another thing that I kinda don't like about it. What you just shared, I hear that all the time. you have got a good number of people that they, they want to figure out how to get cash flow from real estate. And they, they look at the value of the house and they figure out the rental. Part of it, and they say, "Hey, this is going to make whatever percent," and then they go into it, and then all of a sudden, it doesn't make that percent when the the tenant doesn't pay, or they can't find the next tenant, yep. or they have more expenses that that they expected. I kind of say it works well until it doesn't, and that's what people are right. are telling us. And we've got a good number of clients. I think it's that's somewhat of a almost a typical thing where you you start building up, and and you get to a point where you think, "I want to see how real estate works." And interesting thing, it's almost like when you dabble in it you have less of a result than when you try to get more professional with it. And, and I think it's just that that nature of rent's not guaranteed. So if you have just one unit and all of a sudden the rent's not coming in, that's a big deal. But if you have multiple units and one of the units isn't paying rent for whatever reason or you can't find another tenant to get in there, uh, that's less of a big deal. And that's probably what led you to, I think, where you are talking about these syndications. And that's, something yes. that, that's one thing that people are pitching to me saying, let me get on the show and talk about syndications, but you're somebody that's a part of it. What does that word even mean? What is a syndication? That seems to be like the next level up uh, beyond, okay, I just buy a a duplex on my own. Right.
2: Yeah. So a, a syndication is basically an investment pool. It's basically a bunch of people getting together and you have a syndicator, so like a person or persons or company who is the, the leader. They, they they form an LLC and then they basically try to find investors to put in enough money so that they can put a down payment and get a loan for like an apartment building or or it could be a storage unit or it could be a mobile home park. But basically it's when, when these syndicators, when they don't have enough money to do the investment themselves, they find other investors and then they pool their assets. And so I'm involved in a few syndications where I, I'm in a f- couple of apartment buildings in Colorado and Tennessee. Now even I have a, a part of a storage unit in uh, historic downtown Dayton, Ohio. And now those are beautiful because they are truly passive income. When the tenants at those apartment buildings clog their toilets, I don't even hear about it. So I, I really enjoy those. The, the returns aren't as great, but they are really good. In fact, I just exited one uh, syndication that w- I was only in it for about two years, but it returned a 23 point something percent annual return, which compared to the parabolic stock market that we've seen in the last couple of years, that's not great, but that's pretty awesome for a return.
1: Yeah. I can imagine why you're, uh, you're happy with that one. Hey, sorry for the interruption. It's Jeremy Kyle here. And I know you're listening to the retirement reveal podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to five step and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening and now for the rest of the show. And it's um, yeah. It's interesting. I'm glad I'm glad you're talking about this, this idea of syndications, because I I find that people go into owning real estate and they don't quite get the returns they project because usually they just project out when everything's going well and not necessarily when things aren't going well. Or even then, like you call the syndications the passive income. Well, if you are maybe making great returns on your own personal real estate, well, how much of that great return is because you didn't pay someone else to go fix all the stuff. You're just doing it yourself for free, and you're not. You're just basically trading your time for some some money there, and maybe it's it's actually not as great of a return, because you, you're putting in the time part of it, and yet you're not counting that time part. You're only counting the, the money that comes back in uh, on there.
2: All of my houses are out of state, so I don't really spend that much time of my own time dealing with them. So I don't have that that loss to my to my lifestyle. I, I know plenty of landlords who who do spend a lot of time doing those repairs and I, I think you're right. They fail to take into account the value of their own time, and that is a that's a huge deal. Especially the older that we get, we start to realize, hey, time is precious. And so, if you're spending time fixing door jams and windows at your rental properties, that's time that you're not spending with your family. And people, there's no, there really isn't a line item on your balance sheets when you're doing your PNLs for your for your rental houses for how much time you spent. And so, I think that uh, Jeremy, you make a very important point there. Yeah.
1: Well and then interesting part of your time now, you're taking some of your time and you start a retirement podcast. Now yes. a lot of people <laughs> probably understand why I start a retirement podcast. That is my, my passion, my career. That's what I love helping people out with. Why did you start a retirement focused podcast?
2: Well, I started it. It's not my career, but it's my passion and my focus. So I'm 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 kind of like you. If we were having beers, we would. I, I bet we could talk for eight hours straight without a break because I'm so it. into it. So I, it it it. What really made me decide to do the podcast was that when I made the a realization during the the pandemic that I was gonna be able to retire at 59 and a half and without having to save any more money. Because a lot of the, the the reason that I was getting out of bed in the morning and why I was trying to get new clients and really trying to hustle was because I was trying to make enough money to fund my IRAs. And when I realized that, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to save any more money and it's gonna be worked out for me. But then I continued to listen to podcasts, like your podcast, and I continued to constantly be looking at the the news as it relates to investment, and just uh, still obsessing about it. That's when I realized, okay, I gotta have an outlet for this. And that's when I decided that I'm gonna do a podcast. It's gonna be about retirement planning, and it's gonna be specifically for self-employed people like me.
1: Yeah, and that's I love how you have this extra twist on it, because not everyone's self-employed, I would think, uh, somewhat a small percentage of people are self-employed. What yep. do you feel like is different for maybe someone that's employed by a corporation versus someone like yourself that is the self-employed? How does retirement look different for them? Okay, well, the main thing is is because I did come from
2: the corporate world. I, I worked for a big tech company and did I had a normal job, and it was automatic, meaning the my retirement investing was automatic. The, I'd get a new job, the HR lady would come in with the notebook and she'd put me down for my 401k and I'd, I'd choose my my risk assessment and I'd say, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm young, I will take high risk. And then it, that was it. And that was all I had to do. And the money was being taken out of my paycheck and the, the company matched it and then I'd get stock options and life was grand. So that's the big difference is when I, when I started working for myself, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I'm not saving automatically like I was. And a lot of self-employed people that I talk to have the same thing where it's like they they stop working and they stop saving for their retirement. And it's very dangerous because a lot of people will say, okay, you know, I'll start in my second year or my third year, This, you know, when I start my business, I, I don't have the time or money to deal with it. And that is a very dangerous, Phenomenon, and so I encourage people that they they need to be very hands on about their saving and about their retirement planning from the moment they quit their job and start their business.
1: Yeah, if you're self-employed, you've got more responsibility on your own for your own retirement, and it's interesting you said automatic. I I believe you've listened to or or read books by David Bach, who talks about being the automatic millionaire, and it's true. It's automatic if you're just putting money in every every single paycheck, and they're matching you perhaps. And it it doesn't have to be automatic when you're self employed. It's almost like, hey, if you can replicate a little bit of that, that's gonna be a big help for you when you make that switch to becoming uh, self employed. Absolutely.
2: And, and, and then there's also the excuses that we self employed people use, because I mean, and, and we, and I've talked to a lot of self employed people and and overall, they're really bad about retirement savings. But one of the main excuses is that, at least for a lot of business, or a lot of businesses, um, the cash flow, is, it's kind of can be feast or famine. Like sometimes you'll have 20 grand in the bank. Sometimes you'll have 50, sometimes you'll have $150 in the bank. And that makes it hard or impossible for a lot of us to do those automatic, what you might call paycheck deductions, just because that that variable
1: nature of your income. It, it just shows maybe the value of having periodic income coming in, which is probably why you're attracted to real estate. Uh, that's why a lot of times when we're helping people create their uh, retirement income plans, and all of a sudden they're re- realizing they have to take money out of their accounts, and they'll say, oh, I'll call up and I'll need money when I, I'll take money out when I need it. I say, oh no, if you could just set this money to come out automatically to you, and it, try to replicate your paycheck like you were when you were working, uh, you'll probably feel a lot better than that. And here you are on the reverse side of it. When the paycheck's gone, all of a sudden there's some extra added risk and responsibility uh, for actually yeah. saving for your retirement. Absolutely.
2: And, and awesome. by the way, I think that's really smart. Just the idea of when you are retired to create that that paycheck mentality because I think a lot of people don't think in, in those terms and they, they do think, Oh, you know, some months I'll need this, some months I'll need that. I'll just take it out. I think that's a dangerous, dangerous trap because at the end of the year, you might find out you took out a lot more than you should have. And so, yeah, I think that's a really valuable piece of advice just to, to plan on that continual income and have it be a fixed amount.
1: Yeah, definitely well good well appreciate you coming on the show Matt. we've talked about so many different things love your story there how how you came into a bit of money but then somewhat blew it right away I'm yep. sure you had fun <laughs> uh, but that uh-huh. led you into the next level of here is how you're gonna go approach retirement investing with becoming a your own real estate investor and learning all about that and I love how you're making use of your retirement podcast. so for everyone listening it's the rogue retirement lounge with Matt Franklin we're gonna link to the show notes uh, have that link to your podcast on there if you're interested in and listening to someone that's kind of living it—it's they're in the same shoes as you are—and I just love how uh, a lot of your your themes are just kind of what's on your mind for the week. And it's definitely yep. a lot more uh, free form. Of hey, this is what I'm seeing in the news. Here's what I'm thinking. You get it out there right away when when there's news stories that are coming on, and you're just processing how you're feeling about this and then learning and exploring and then sharing that with other people. So that's just a great uh, approach for just here. I'm going through it. A lot of other people are going through it. Let's, let's go through it together.
2: Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's definitely a lot of fun.
1: Wonderful. Well, Matt, we want to thank you so much for coming on uh, the show. I'm looking forward to being on your show. We'll be recording that pretty soon. So we'll make sure to link to that one uh, as well. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the retirement reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions.
0: Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice.